Hello and welcome to the iChiefs podcast series brought to you by the International Association of Fire Chiefs. This is a podcast series not only for our members within the IAFC, but really for any fire service leader who wants to learn about engaging topics to our industry, innovation, leadership skills, and all the other emerging subjects that are important in our arena. I'm Tom Jenkins, Fire Chief of the City of Rogers, Arkansas, and a past IAFC president. And I'm Sheldon Gilbert, former Fire Chief of the Alameda County, California Fire Department, and now ESCI Chief Development and Strategy Officer at the IAFC. We're glad you're here because this podcast is designed for you, the fire and EMS community. Before we start this week's topic, make sure to check out our library of episodes at iafc.org slash podcasts and subscribe to our podcast series at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you think the content is great, be sure to share it with your crew and give us a good rating or a thumbs up. All right, welcome to the second in a three-part series talking about recruitment and retention, a problem that um, well over a decade ago was identified to be at crisis levels for the volunteer and combination departments of the United States. But today is maybe the hottest topic among fire chiefs. How do we locate good candidates? How do we retain the people that we have, both new candidates that we're onboarding and and folks that uh, you know may look for another career far in advance of what we're used to in this business. And this topic uh, today, we'll get some geographic diversity by visiting with uh, Steve Locke out of Burlington, Vermont. I'm joined by my co-host, Sheldon Gilbert. So Sheldon, it's good to be back with you talking about this important subject. Thanks, Tom. It is good to be back. And it's a timely conversation, as I know, as we travel around the country and consult and talk to different departments, recruitment and retention is a common theme. And we're in uncharted territory with new issues we've never experienced before. So it's a timely conversation. And I think it'll be great to get uh, kind of the New England perspective here and uh, with, with Chief Locke, who is the fire chief, as you stated, of the city of Burlington, Vermont. Uh, that's a department with 79 full-time personnel uh, operating out of five stations. He was appointed as the chief in, in 2016 after spending a lot of years with the uh, town of, of Hartford. He is a CFO. Um, he is uh, has a bachelor's degree in fire administration and a graduate from the EFO program. Um, and perhaps most importantly, he serves as the treasurer of the International Association of Fire Chiefs. So, Chief, thank you for joining us. It's an honor to talk with you today about recruitment and retention and what's going on in, in your world. And why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about your recruitment and retention process in uh, Burlington and, and how that's going and what you're seeing out there. Sure. Uh, good afternoon, guys. Uh, great to chat with you today. You know, so we have, um, and uh, doing listing the bio, we've increased our staff now to 92 from 79 when I, uh, just a few years ago when I came here. And, and when I think about that, I think, well, my goodness, we've been able to expand our staff. Uh, you know, how big of a problem can we have? Yet, um, yet we do have a problem and we seem to be having the same problems that we, uh, what we're seeing all around the country. And, and that is the ability to attract and then retain qualified uh qualified candidates and uh something i think that our industry is not accustomed to we certainly understand the in the law enforcement community that's been they've been facing that that for for years as a challenge um but when i talk to my folks here you know we used to get two to three hundred applicants uh showing up on test day 
for uh, a limited, very limited number of positions. And now we are just not seeing that that number of candidates. Uh, and in fact, for the first time in my career, we're going to be starting a recruit class with uh, with vacancies in it. We're not able to hire enough people to fill the vacancies that we have in the department. And that is a, uh, a very new world for the fire service to be in. Yeah, no doubt. Are, are your neighboring departments and those up there in the New England states all seeing similar things? Is this a pretty broad geographic impact? It is. And, uh, you know, that's the unfortunate part. We're seeing it all over. I recently saw a community in New Hampshire was was offering hiring bonuses for entry level firefighter. Now, we used to see that perhaps if you were trying to bring in, you know, paramedic or some some higher level of standard. But but a hiring bonus for a firefighter. Um, when when did that world approach and, and come and come and hit us? And I think that that is just indicative of our workforce today um and that is you know one of the struggles we i think as all fire chiefs have is trying to get the people through the door uh, and i just i just was doing a monthly update and i have an attrition rate of just about 40 percent of my last year's um recruit class and so as much as difficult it is with uh hiring them also retaining them what do you think your overall department attrition rate is chief you know the five-year the five-year attrition rate you're probably looking at about 30 percent. so if we can keep them past the five-year mark we're usually keeping them through you know through the retirement phase but it's that first five years i think where you're getting people now i want to try this uh because i think we have at least particularly we're trying to attract a more diverse workforce and perhaps with lesser minimum qualifications so where whereas we used to attract perhaps from the volunteer workforce, which is the natural progression. Um, so people knew a little bit about the job, or at least they thought they did. Uh, you know, and perhaps now we may be hiring someone who was uh, worked in a bank yesterday. And we spend, you know, a lot of, and they said, you know, they, we, we try to tell them what the work is going to be and what the hours are going to be. Um, but then they try it for a little while. And I say, you know what, that was, that was cool to try that. But I think now I'm going to go try something else. Or I'm going to, I'm going to, pack up my bag and backpack across Europe. You know, things that typically we never did before. When you came on the job, you stayed through to your, drew your pension. And now it's just uh, so, so different. And But I think it's on us to adapt to that. I lost a firefighter recently, a good one, uh, who wanted to snowboard. And uh, it may be a shock to you, but you can't do that uh, in Arkansas. So that... Uh, they didn't. They didn't stay here, but they were serious. They were great. You know, they left with a good attitude, and um, you know, seemingly loved it. But it's you're right. It's it, it is a different motivation. And I think what you're also getting is, yeah, you know, they they and at least in my case, they hire on for what they think is going to be a 24-48 schedule, fifty-six hour work week, and unfortunately, with with the pandemic, you know, it's not mandatory overtime at least in, to achieve minimum staffing in my community means that people are forced to work. I, I suspect uh, of the 22 on duty today, I have at least two or three that are here on mandatory overtime. So no longer is it that normal 2448, you know, you're working some part of 12 hours over that, you know, it's more like 36, 36. Um, and that's a struggle. Well, let me ask you this, that you said, Early on when I introduced you or introduced a topic, I said that um, 
we've been talking about it in the volunteer world for probably longer than I've been on the job. Do you think that the, call it a crisis that we're in now, do we attribute it? Is this a side effect of the pandemic? Is this a side effect of the fact that we never really addressed it? And, and a lot of career firefighters maybe didn't, didn't, uh, you know, look with interest into helping to solve the volunteer problem. And now if that's a conduit to recruit paid firefighters, as it is in many communities, is that to blame or what do you see as the genesis of this? I think a ton of it is pandemic fatigue, right? So, um, you know, certainly in my community, when who was, which required mask wearing, even in the fire stations very early on uh, for 24 hours, it really be, we, we're seeing people leave now uh, a year or two before they max their pension, just because they're, it's the fatigue. I've had enough, um, or I've had enough of just, um, the, the challenges that the, that the job brings in terms of we, uh, high responses to, um, what I, I'm trying high frequency users. So we're an EMS system that, uh, often sees the same patient every day and sometimes multiple times a day. And so I think that people, people want to do this job because it's fulfilling and unfortunately, we're not stretching lines a lot, but we certainly are transporting the same patients day in, day out, over and over. And I think that leads to this whole compassion fatigue. And how are we going to, you know, how are we going to address that in a workforce that wants to feel motivated? They want to feel encouraged by doing work that's rewarding, yet they feel at times this, though, when we're dealing with these high frequency users that really abuse our EMS system, our pre-hospital care system, and it's happening all parts of the country. It's just hard to feel rewarded when you've uh, when you've taken that same patient for the third time today. Yeah, yeah, we're we're seeing a lot of that. And do you think, uh, Chief, this is Sheldon again? Do you think that um, some of this will rescind a little bit and and pull back a little bit as as the pandemic? Um, gets a little bit better until the next variant, of course, or do you think this is just the new normal that we're going to be dealing with pandemics and, and variants and waves, and we just have to be prepared for this type of a workforce impact? I think that, I think the pandemic is with us. We're going to have to adapt to that. I think until there's a downturn in the economy where government jobs become again, what people look to for security, we probably will be in this for, for a while. I'm not sure that the the hard work of a fire service job is ever going to be attractive to the masses that it used to be. Yeah. Um, and I think that's for us, we have to look at a different type of workforce who's looking for something different. And that probably is the team-based family environment that the firehouse is. And I can't help but believe that those uh, men and women who, who are active in sports teams, I'm a college community, I can't believe, you know, and I, and I watch, uh, it's a division one school. So, you know, that there's a really, the, the team environment is a big deal. And I can't believe that there's not a market there for people who would at least want to try this job for a little while. And, and I'm, and I, my mindset's changed. If I can get five years out of somebody, um, I'm okay. If that's in knowing and I'm keeping a portion of those past that, I don't think uh, hiring people and expecting them to stay now through the full 25 when they come through the door is the right expectation we can any longer have as, as fire chiefs. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great perspective. So have you personally implemented or observed some somebody or some organization implementing a new approach to 
the whole conversation about recruitment and retention. And I like what you said, having to kind of get our, our new norm down that we may, may not have 30 year employees anymore, but, but how, how do you approach it differently if you're going to go out and recruit based on those, those new uh, fact patterns? Yeah, I think, um, and unfortunately I don't have the answers to that. I, I met yesterday. We, we, about two years ago and, and developed an internal hiring committee of, you know, people on our job who are passionate about, you know, making sure we were getting the right folks through the door, the right skill sets, and at the same time, embracing diversity. And we, you know, gave them the training about the right way to hire. And yesterday I met with them for a minute and gave them the task about help identify ways in which we can completely turn our recruiting uh, up, up and our recruiting, because to be quite honest, our, our recruiting is somewhat limited. You know, I think we, we, we put in the national publications, but that's, that's getting us, that's only getting us what we used to get or what we've always gotten. Mm -hmm. And so I challenge them, let me find, I'll find you the money. You tell me what you need to uh, market us, market us in a different way. And it can't be the kind of like sexy fire photos anymore. That's not what we're doing. You know, people have to have a realistic expectation when they come in the door that they're going to do 75% medical runs. A bunch of those are not going to be fulfilling type medical runs, but this is a great job where you have great benefits. You work with a great team and you work 25 years and you get a great pension. So, I mean, if you can, it really has to, you know, focus on uh, those positives of what our business does. Um, and I am, hopeful that i have a really smart group of folks that are going to help me solve this yeah. well i expect the next time uh, we talk to you steve those pictures behind you are going to have to change I know. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure it's it's a hell of a marketing marketing strategy to say hey you're going to pick up the same patient every day um, you know it, it's tough but i also agree with you that uh you know that's part of it um you know we talked to uh chief ryan out of tucson who said that they had seen their their applicants dwindle almost in half uh, and maybe to about half of what they were. You mentioned earlier you had two or three hundred for a very limited number. You know, what what was you know, what is the bottom uh, in this for you? Uh, what what did that go down to? So uh, so this latest round, 65 applicants uh, from a national pool. For, so I, I started with nine openings. Um, 65 applicants, 32 invited to interview who met the minimum minimum qualifications, which really is, do you have a driver's license and we require EMT basic. Uh, of those 26 took us up on the opportunity to come for interviews. Only 10, 10 of those we were comfortable making a job offer to um, and we're starting a recruit class of seven. It's a, it's a bizarre world we live in. And, yeah, that, and it never, if I would have, if I would have thought that one third of the people we interview were going to hire is just crazy to me to think that that's the world that we're in when I just, you know, when certainly when I came on the job, it was so challenging. If you just got an interview your first time, you were feeling so excited. Mm -hmm. um, and now a third of those people are going to, going to get, and then we have people turn us down going, no, how about call me back in the fall? Uh, are you going to run a fall class? I think I'd be interested in that. When, when did that world ever start? 
or someone could negotiate their heart start date. I remember that, you know, there used to be, it was common in a lot of places where you, um, you just knew you didn't get on the first time, right? You knew you had to test a couple of times to get in. That's just how it was. It was a rite of passage. It was almost part of the recruitment process, right? You got to test a couple of times and we'll hire you. And that, that was to show your commitment, right? If you, mm-hmm. And now we're even doing, and I, it cracks me up because we do interviews via Zoom. So you don't even have to, if you're, if you want to relocate from California, we're not, we're not asking you to do anything except for get on a Zoom call and, uh, and, and uh, for a 30 minute interview. And so it is just, uh, we're trying to make it so uh, conducive to where people can, can, can apply. Uh, but we're still not attracting them. And, I, and it's not just us. I, I know we're all, everyone who's trying to hire is is struggling to get the right numbers. Well, let me give you a compliment, Steve. And then I want to ask you a, a final question as we kind of close out, because, you know, our, our point in this podcast is, you know, we're connecting with oftentimes thousands of listeners who um, are, are downloading it, uh, trying to sharpen their skills in whatever category of the fire service they're working in. And when we visited with you today, what what I was impressed by is you knew what your attrition rate was in your last class, right? Right off the top of your head. You know uh, what your attrition rate shrinks to in uh, a five-year window. And you also have identified that, you know, what got us here is not going to get us out of here. You said you've changed your perspective that maybe the 25 career, 25 year career firefighter, while that's what we all love, maybe that's not what always success looks like. And so I love, and it's not shocking knowing your personality. I'm glad you're our treasurer for the IAFC, but you're you're using data to just not only uh, an analysis of the problem, but you've even changed your, you know, your own personal vision of success. So if you get people downloading this podcast and they're listening to you, they're, they're likely to, they're likely to feel a little better because misery loves company. <laughs> I would guess. But what advice would you offer them? You're a seasoned fire chief. You've, you've seen many departments. Uh, you have a background in labor. So you're not, you know, you're not a one trick pony at all it, to these leaders listening to it and struggling with recruitment, struggling with retention. What, what advice do you have for them? I think it really has to be get out of our comfort zone. Don't think we can continue to do business the same way. And I think that that probably is the biggest thing. Find find the right marketing, find the right um, help to get there. But as in so many things that cause problems in our business, we become entrenched in tradition and we let um, the way we've always done it dictate how we're going to do it in the future. And probably I think with not only this issue, but almost any complex problem we face is stop thinking about it in the context of how we've always done it. I think that's the only way we modernize our business, but at the same time, honor our traditions. Don't give up on it, but don't uh, don't expect that that's the only thing that's going to take us through to the future. Well, I'm not surprised that uh, you're always good to visit with Steve. And I, I want to thank you for taking the time to uh talk with Sheldon and I about this topic. We're going to be joined by Fire Chief Jake Rhodes of the Buckeye, Arizona Fire Department. Uh, Buckeye is one of the, if not the fastest growing city in the United States in a few measurements. And Jake, of course, is a seasoned professional in a few states. Uh, we're, we're curious what he has to say. So at some point in time, we're hoping to find uh, 
an answer or two, but um, you know, if nothing else, it's good to know what people are trying, what they're experiencing um, so that hopefully we can team up and help to solve the problem. Uh, Chief Locke, thank you so much for joining us today, buddy. Thank you both. It was a pleasure. With that, for all of our listeners, uh, we hope you enjoy the second in this series on recruitment and retention. We'd remind you at the advice of Chief Locke, get out of your comfort zone and make sure you're getting some help uh, with these complex topics. Market differently than you have and don't let tradition victimize your department as you try to grow and make a difference. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to it today, and leave a rating, especially if you've enjoyed the content. Also, help us get the word out and recommend the podcast and share it with other chiefs in the business. Be sure to check out the Burlington, Vermont Fire Department by visiting their website at burlingtonvt.com fire. Thanks for joining us today. We'll talk soon.